Well, hey, folks, and welcome back to the 747 Conversations podcast. It's your host, Chris Shembra, broadcasting live from beautiful New York City, sitting in the room with a, a dear friend and one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Um, honored to have on the podcast a, a dear friend, uh, someone who many people um, look up to for exploration and guidance. Um, she is a creator of safe spaces, helping people explore their submissive side to surrender, let go, and give up control. Um, you would call her goddess. She is a lifestyle and professional uh, dominatrix, goddess Aviva. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. This is a conversation years in the making, and I'm, we couldn't be having it at a better time um, for our audience and, and for what I'm, we're even you know, going through, learning through all these episodes. And the simple question I have to start us off with today is, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, or just have never thought to give any credit or thanks to, whether it's someone you've never met before or someone you've known your entire life, who would that be? The person that comes to mind right now is someone who is going through something very challenging at this moment. Um, So he's been on my mind a lot. It's my best friend from high school, my dear friend. Um, He shall remain nameless for now, uh, just to protect his privacy. But he was... uh, someone who really helped get me through a challenging time in high school and uh, him and his family became a kind of second family to me. Um, and I've just learned so much from him. He uh, was an illegal gay immigrant in Colorado at the time and witnessing, seeing his experience at that time uh, really just opened up my perspective on so many things, um, his tenacity, his creativity, his acceptance of me and his, him embracing me, uh, was really influential at that time. And he ended up moving back to Mexico and we've stayed in contact this whole time. And he's continued to just show me so much through his lived experience. Uh, it really puts things into perspective when you, when you know someone who's living a very different life experience from you. Um, and so for that, I'm very grateful. It's, it's always eye-opening to talk to him and hear what life is like for him. Um, so yeah, I want to express gratitude to my dear friend. Growing up in a place and having someone come into your town and essentially be, you know, a label is put on him. An illegal gay immigrant. What, what created that initial connection between you and him? Honestly, I think we have a karmic connection that is undefinable. Uh, but I think we both felt like outsiders. We both felt different. We were both a little weird unique people, creative people, and doing things on our own terms to the beat of our own drum. And so I think when you're in it, 
it was I was uh, went to a very small rural high school, so there were not a lot of people, not a lot of options. People were very cookie cutter, very much the same, because that was what was safe. It, it wasn't uh, advisable to stand out in such a small community like that, and there just weren't that many options. People from that area, they don't leave. Um, and so he was kind of an outsider, and he felt that he had to hide parts of himself. I felt that I was an outsider, and I had to hide parts of myself. And so we really bonded over that, and he was able to see from the beginning so much uh, just beauty and goodness in me, and it was really helpful at that time to have someone see that and support that. And we had just fun. <laughs> we had good times, and that was the, you know, the distraction I needed from the other things that were going on in my life at the time. How does one look at uh, describers such as different, weird, unique, and communicate the beauty and the creativity that he helped you see in yourself. How does one do that? How does one flip that script from something that's a negative into something that's your, your best asset, your, your uniqueness, your creativity? Yeah, I think it's, it, it's important to, to, to have other people accept you for you to accept yourself. And I don't know, honestly, just from it's taken time and growing up and removing myself from situations and, and having a larger perspective that's helped me realize the importance of uniqueness. And yeah, I think just removing myself from that situation uh, where I did feel so different in a negative way and moving to another area and having other people be like, oh, wow, like you're really great and like oh this is so like different and awesome um that just really helps and just time and growing up um self-acceptance uh I've done a lot of work in my life to transform shame and for myself and for other people um so I think it it really just helps for you know you to know that you're not alone in in feeling weird or different that there are a lot of people who experience those same feelings and just connecting to other people like that and seeing other people living their life the way that they want and expressing their unique beauty and joy and power and passion. Uh, it gives you permission to do the same. You moved away and, and you found your calling, you found your truth, you found your individuality. Is he doing the same? His situation is very hard. He is in survival mode. Um, I think when you're in survival mode, you don't have the ability to uh, really think about things creatively, cre creatively, or um, you know, work on creative projects as much. Um, and just seeing how, hearing how he has to live his life right now is a constant lesson for me and really brings me back to gratitude for all of the access that I have, all of the abundance that I have, all of the opportunity that I have. Um, it just really puts things into perspective when you, you know, you're talking to someone who is excited when there's asparagus at the store because there it's so hard to find fresh vegetables. 
uh, and I'm just so spoiled. I, you know, have access to like any kind of food, any kind of groceries, anything that I want here in New York. Um, so yeah, it's really good for my perspective. How, so how, how important, tell me about that practice of gratitude. So, so gratitude helps develop perspective from what I hear. Does gratitude help connect? You know, how, how do you, how do you use, um, you know, gratitude as a tool to further your development? I think practicing gratitude makes you more present and aware when you're in the mind frame of thinking like, oh, what can I be thankful for? When you're looking for the things in your life that you can be grateful for, it brings that focus so that you see more and more of that. Um, you know, so when I hear from his end that, you know, the challenges that he faces and then I, I have that perspective to look at my own life and be like, oh, wow, like I don't have to deal with these things. And wow, look at what I have access to. Uh, it does just make me appreciate my life and what I have so much more. And I think when you are in that kind of mind frame, you also have more to give to others. When you're seeing the abundance in your own life, you're much more easily able to feel that you can give to others. You have that abundance to share. You know, it's interesting. You've, you've weaved a gratitude practice into your work. The people um, that you work with on a daily basis, what are they feeling when they come to you? Are they disconnected from their identity? Are they seeking connection? What are the things that they're feeling that, that they say, I need goddess Aviva in my life on a consistent basis? Well, I think there's a whole spectrum of people who come to me. There's a spectrum of needs and desires. Um, so I can't, you know, really say that overall, like, they're all feeling this thing. Um, but I think in general, people who come to me are seeking that surrender, that release of control, that time and safe space. So I, you know, I create a container for them through the time, through knowing what their boundaries and limits are, through what their interests are, my boundaries and my limits. We create this container for an experience that they get to surrender and be guided and have someone else take control and lead them on this kind of magical fantasy land. And they get to express a side of themselves that they don't feel they get to in the rest of their lives or that society tells them is wrong or different. Um, I get to also express part of myself that society maybe tells me is you know, wrong or different. Um, and so it's really about creating space for each other, just as much as I create a space for the submissive, they're creating space for me to come into as well. And it, at its best, it's this really beautiful energetic exchange. Um, I think if you're approaching it in a healthy manner, then you are approaching it in a way where you're deeply connecting to yourself and to the other person that you're exploring with. You can approach it in a way, I think, that can be unhealthy, where you're disconnecting and you're not really there to connect with the other person that sometimes people approach me and I'm just a placeholder for their fantasy. They're not actually engaging with me. They're engaging with their own fantasy. So I try to avoid, you know, submissives like that and uh, really just work with people who are interested in like diving into themselves. How, how does one, you know, know in their life that it's the right time to come see you? You know, wh wh what are they feeling? Like what, what's the trigger 
that makes someone, they might have been following you for years on Instagram. Right. I do get messages like that. Uh, I think some of them, uh, first of all, there's, most of my clients are men. And there's a lot of repression sexually for men, uh, even with, you know, as, as far as we've come as a society. Uh, it's a very, there's a very limited box that men have to fit into for what is like masculinity and what is appropriate sexual male behavior. And uh, that box becomes so confining. And I think when it gets to the point that it's just too uncomfortable to remain in that box, when you realize that you want to exist outside of this box, that's a moment when you might contact someone like me. Um, It might be a moment where you realize that there's a limit to this life and you're not getting any younger. And if you have, like so many of these people, they've had these desires, these fantasies, these inclinations for so long, but there's been so much shame and guilt around these feelings that they, they haven't expressed them, they haven't found the space to express it. And finally, maybe someday they realize, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm getting older, and, you know, who knows what might happen in the future if I want to explore this, and I want to experience this, like, I should do it now, and let's not waste any more time. Like, if this is something that's really on your mind for so long, it's, like, always at the back of your mind, I think it's important to explore that and dive into that. It's important to, to make time for your sexual self-expression. You know, it's interesting to go back to what we were talking about before. Um, you know, gratitude, um, you know, it, from afar I can see um, that many of your, uh, the people you interact with um, show appreciation to you on a, on a consistent basis, whether with physical gifts or words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, right? The five love languages. When they, when you create, I mean, nobody's created a consistent gratitude practice for other people like you have over time. What is, what does that gratitude practice alone do to either, you know, help them get through barriers, help you to connect? You know, tell me about that. Well, when you're talking about this, one of the things that pops up for me is one of my personal slaves who messages me on a daily basis and we schedule days of service almost weekly Um, so I see him several times a month and uh, it's been just really amazing to see how our relationship has developed our dynamic and the kind of changes that he's gone through it's been about a year since he's been serving me Um, and he still has just like so much joy that's like the biggest thing I've seen um, is his joy in serving me and with his consistent, you know, expression of gratitude towards me. Um, he's, you know, he says it in messages and through his acts of service uh, and all of this. And um, he expresses that it, he, ha- he loves having this sense of purpose and it almost brings him calm, I would say, like peace of mind to uh, have this kind of higher purpose that you're fulfilling in your life now. You're in service to someone else. Uh, it, it makes him happy, honestly. Uh, it makes me happy, too. <laughs> do you think he, um, do, how do you think that translates over to 
the other relationships or professional endeavors. Well, now when he goes to work, he's like, you know, good morning, goddess. Like, I'm going to yoga and then getting ready for to go to work for you. So when he goes to work now, it's not just for him, it's for me. Why is that? Well, because when he's at work working hard, that's so that he can, like, shower me with gifts later on. You know, like, this is, he's uh, even going to yoga and taking care of his body now. It's not just for him, it's for me. The more he can take care of himself, the better he can serve me. And and how far is, you know, um, there's a difference between, you know, looking within for inspiration and, and looking around for inspiration, um, you know, a, a telltale difference between, uh, um, you know, self-motivation or kind of empathetic community-based motivation. At what point does someone get lost or does someone find themselves even more? What's that delicate balance when someone's, right, going to work and going to yoga for you? He couldn't do it without you. Well, he, he was doing it on his own before. And so it's not that he's like getting lost and swept up in, in just for me. He had his yoga practice. Uh, before he met me and he w- had a job before he met me as well but it just adds another another layer to his activities when it adds another layer to something you're doing when it's not just for you but also for other people so you're saying that you know him giving gratitude to you on a consistent basis actually helps him become less lonely because he's developing connection absolutely i mean for him to be you know in communication with me all the time and for him to be giving to me with his gratitude with his acts of service we have a an energetic exchange between the two of us and he's also a very empathetic person and so he can really feel when the things he does makes me happy and he feels my joy and he feels you know my happiness and that makes him happy um so i think as when you have a, a strong ds connection that is a big part of that is the submissive being empathetic and feeling when they've made their dominant happy. And then from my end, too, it's a lot of what I do. You know, I have to use empathy and I have to be connected to my submissive to be guiding them on this journey. Um, you know, you have to have an element of, of understanding what they're feeling and guiding them through those different feelings. How do you know where someone needs to go on their journey? Like, how do you know that someone's going to take 1x the pace and someone else is going to take 2x the pace and what's the different you know paths that they follow well there's a lot of conversation that happens before i'm even alone in a dungeon with someone or you know engaging in bdsm uh a lot of conversation needs to happen beforehand just so i can have a full understanding as much as possible of where someone's at where they are interested in going um you know, people come to me at very different levels. Some people have never had a session before. Other people have been, you know, having sessions for 30 years and have seen and done it all. Uh, so you really have to talk to them and get a scope of where they're at now and where they want to go. And then when you're actually engaging in the scene or in the session, you have to be so present and aware. I'm paying attention to their body language, their breathing, the words that they say, analyzing all these little details, and then using that information to shape things in the session and to guide things organically as we go along. And then, of course, there's also, you know, the conversation that happens during the scene or the session 
uh, you know, it's important that people communicate during that time from both ends, uh, just so that you are able to, you know, stay on the same page and make sure that everyone's boundaries are being respected. And those things, but people's boundaries can change even within a session. You know, maybe you, beforehand you think like, oh, it'd be great to do A, B, and C. And like, yes, goddess, like I'm interested in this. And then one, when it's happening, you know, you might trigger something and have to like take a step back. A lot of the people that come to you, would they consider themselves good leaders in, you know, their day-to-day life? What, you know, why do they want to turn off their brain and surrender? Why do do they want to to be submissive and serve? What's appealing, you know, in that? Yeah, um, you know, as I said, I do see a whole spectrum of people and very different walks of life and, um, you know, all different backgrounds. Um, However, I would say that the majority of the people that come to me do have high-powered jobs. Uh, they have a lot of people that they're responsible for that are answering to them, that they're, uh, you know, managing. And I think it's just too much to be in control of yourself and all these people and having so much responsibility. It's not just your own responsibility. You're responsible for all these other people's livelihood. Maybe you're running a whole company. A lot of the people who come to me are the boss or the CEO. Um, So I think it's really important to take time when you are in that mode so much of your day to spend some time where you can just not have to think about anything, (laughs) you know, And, and that's why it takes so much trust because people are so vulnerable with me. They are, are letting go. They are like turning off their brain. They don't have to think about, you know, what to do, what's coming next. I'm in charge of all of that. And so you have to make sure that you're, are playing with and exploring with someone that you do really trust and that you know that they have your best interest in mind. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's important to have moments where you give up control. It takes so much energy to be in control of things all the time. And it can be really recharging to just like relax your mind, relax your body, relax your mind. And And so when they come and they practice gratitude and being of service to you and they get to shut off the brain and and trust that you're going to lead them in the right direction how does that impact the work that they do as leaders back in the workplace i think having those moments where you can recharge and relax just rejuvenates you so that you can reapproach everything with a clearer mind you know you've had some kind of like release usually like a cathartic release and you're able to go back to work relaxed and maybe more clear-headed. Uh, you know, I have some people who, like, see me on their lunch break <laughs> and then go right back to work. Um, you know, it's not for everyone, but it can definitely um, help with just reapproaching and and having, like, a pause. You know, same with, like, meditation. You know, having a, a moment of, of stillness and and just surrender. Is so good for the mind, and and with this too, it's you get to have time where you can express a part of yourself that you is not appropriate to express in the rest of your life, and so it's just a, a safe space. I mean, people need that these days, right? Have we have we gotten you know digital 
disconnected. Social media seems like it creates connection, but it doesn't really, does it? It's it's a tool, and it can be used in good ways, and it can be also used in ways that you know are addictive, and uh, people you know go too far and and end up spending all their time on their phone and not actually using it to like connect and then meet in real life. You know, it's interesting, you know, you talk about they need, they're in charge of many people and, and they need to invest in energy building activities. You know, you're in charge of many people. What do you do to invest in your own energy? I, the self-care is really important in what I do. Uh, taking extremely good care of myself um, when I'm not working. I am a bit of an introvert, so I recharge when I'm alone. So I have to schedule time by myself. Uh, I take a lot of Epsom salt baths <laughs> and do different like physically grounding activities. Exercise is really important. Uh, eating really well is really important. Um, but honestly, just having space and time to myself to kind of ground in my own energy and like release any energy that I've like picked up from other people through sessions and scenes is really important. Um, I also make sure to schedule things like acupuncture and massage sessions for myself so that I can put myself in the hands of a healer and relax for, you know, that hour or two and uh, trust that they're helping guide my, my own healing and my own relaxation. Um, things like trips to the spa. I was at the spa yesterday, and that was really nice. <laughs> Paid for by a friend's slave. <laughs> um, so really taking that time to recharge, connecting in nature as well, going hiking, taking vacations where I can be in nature, away from people, in silence. That's really important for me. Spent a few minutes talking about, you know, the power of you being an introvert. I would say... I'm not supposed to give my own opinions here, but I would say makes you a better connector, makes you a better listener, better question asker, a better servant leader. Would you agree with that statement? Um, well, I would agree that I'm, I'm very good at all of those things. <laughs> um, I'm not so clear on how being an, an introvert is connected to those things. Um, Maybe you can explain a bit more this perspective. From from our observations, um, the skills of of listening rather than talking are introverted qualities, not extroverted qualities. The skill of asking a good question instead of answering immediately are introverted qualities, not extroverted qualities. This. Um, so when you package that up together, I would say that you being an introvert makes you the best prepared to serve the people you need to serve in this empathetic way. I mean, I guess in, in some sense, you know, my, um, my need to go within and my ability to go within myself does help me to then be there for other people and understand their needs as well. Um, versus like, you know, projecting myself or like seeking from others, you know, what I need. Um, but I think anyone can have good listening skills and develop those qualities, whether they're introverted or extroverted. Um, 
I, I thought that like introvert versus extrovert had more to do with just how you recharge. Like if you're extroverted, you get a lot of energy from being around other people. And if you're introverted, it drains your energy to be around a lot of people. What have you learned about yourself recently through all this journeying? I've learned, I've learned about the value that I can bring to people's lives and, and how valuable my time and attention is, um, not just for other people, for myself. Uh, I think the work that I've done over the years has been, there have been so many lessons on boundaries, on not just dealing with other people's boundaries, but really knowing and establishing my own boundaries and how important and healthy boundaries are. Uh, you know, some people hear boundaries and they're like, oh, like, you know, you're, you're shutting off from people or they, they have an idea that maybe boundaries are a bad thing, that you should be more open. But I see boundaries as necessary and healthy for making people feel safe and opening up. When you have boundaries in place, you know that, that you're going to be taken care of. And that, um, you know, you're, you're safe in that space. That's a very stoic way of thinking. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I mean, A, have you ever read Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? I haven't. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just summed up the book with what you just said. It's the um, don't give a fuck about the things you shouldn't give a fuck about so that you have more energy to give a fuck about the things you should give a fuck about. That's pretty much it. It sounds like sounds like a good corporate training program should be like BDSM 101, how to set professional boundaries. I feel like there's, that's when so many issues come up is when people aren't being clear about boundaries. A lot of people don't even aren't even able to articulate for themselves what their boundaries are. So I think even just having the conversation with yourself and really analyzing for yourself, like, what are my boundaries? What am I okay with? What am I not okay with? Because until you are sure about that for yourself, you're not going to be able to establish that with other people. Because you really, I mean, you really talk with these, you know, people on how to really set their boundaries. You need to set boundaries before you play and explore together. So that's helping them set boundaries in the professional life. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And for for me personally, you know, having to establish these boundaries professionally in these sessions and scenes in my lifestyle has definitely helped me establish boundaries in other relationships, in friendships, in dating, with family, all of these other relationships. Um, you know, I've learned the importance of establishing those boundaries. And it's really, you know, when you can make clear to people what you're okay with and not what you're not okay with, that's really a gift for them so that they know how best to interact with you. So them having that knowledge, you making that clear, is really valuable to them. I mean, we're, we're talking adding millions in revenue to the bottom line of your company, folks. We're not talking some, some woo-woo yum-yum. We're talking about it's proven if you can help your employees and leaders set boundaries, be more empathetic, be better servant leaders, be more... You I know, like the servant leaders. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's big military, uh, you know, kind of maternal servant leadership. Yeah. Well, and a lot of what, what I do, too, you know, as a dominant, it's I'm very nurturing. I'm, I'm, you know, helping someone. I want them to be their best selves. And so in so many ways, I am serving them as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, how many people come to you with, I shouldn't say how many, I should say, do do people coming to you with a, you know, a big kind of motherly deficit, is is that a, is that a common, are they coming to you to say, I, I just wanted one more person to tell me that I'm doing it all right, that I'm going to be fine? I, I'm not sure about the motherly deficit. Um, I think that for a lot of these men, uh, having, serving the divine feminine in general is really beneficial to them and helps to connect them to their own divinity, their own purpose as well. I, I really do feel that when men are in support and service to women, that's like one of the best roles that they can take. And men have the potential to be women's greatest allies, our greatest supports. And I think that that's really a, a divine purpose for men. Um, and so when they're able to, to practice that, I think it's really beneficial for them and, and feels just feels good. How, how can your work, you know, help this gender gap that we have right now? You know, the, the movements that are happening right now. This is the time to be alive for, just in support of the divine feminine. How, you know, how do, how do you make that connection? Well, you know, as I said, I, I, I think the men are so repressed for the most part. And I think it's so important to cr- be creating space for men to express all of the complexities of masculinity and to also express their femininity, to understand that you can be a man and be soft. You can be a man and be receptive. You can be a man and surrender and let go. You don't always have to be the aggressor and the dominant. Um, I think creating those spaces for men is so important right now. And just letting them know, like, it's not only okay, it's really wonderful for me and for them. Um, yeah, I think it's great how we have so much, like, gender bending and, and different sexualities. And, like, you know, we've spent so long with this binary and saying, like, what's okay and what's not okay. And people are just fed up. People are so tired of trying to fit into these boxes. And so tired of being repressed. <laughs> and I love that there's even more of a conversation around like BDSM and kink right now in society. It's, it's you know, from when I started years ago to now, it's, there's so much more acceptance for this. And people are so much more open about being like, oh, like, actually, I'm curious about this too. You know, I mean, was it to, like just recently that being trans is no longer considered a mental illness. Like this is thank God. You know, like and and it's the same with BDSM, with kink, with being gay. You know, all of this was considered like mental illness, perversion. And so I'm so glad that we're like finally coming into a, a point where we can accept that not everyone is the same. Not everyone wants to express themselves in these binary and not everyone has the same desires, and that sexuality is so diverse. It's as diverse as we are as humans, and that it's okay. It's okay that we're not all cookie cutter to start embracing that our differences is what makes life interesting. The um, the gay, illegal immigrant in Colorado how proud is he of you right now for the woman you've become? 
the goddess you've become. Oh yeah, he's he's very proud and he loves hearing about my life and my stories and I think the next time I talk to him I will be sure to let him know that the importance of like the influence that he had on me at that time and how that has rippled out and um yeah, he loves he loves hearing about all of it. If he was sitting in this room right now with you, mm-hmm. what would you say to him? That I just love him so much. Right now he's going through something very, very hard. And I really feel for him. Really feel for him. And I wish I could be there more for him. And I would tell him how special he is uh, and how important it is that he live that uniqueness and express it. Just that I love him most of all. Thank you for that. I know he's listening. I know he's with us right now. Any last words in closing? I would like to say that in different areas of my life and in this work that I do, I think a, a big thing for me is, is transforming shame. And so if you take away anything from this, I would want it I want people to know that self acceptance is where it's at and your your weird desires and the things that you are ashamed of are probably some of your greatest qualities and that whatever you are into you are not alone there are people who are into the same thing <laughs> and it's really a matter of just like finding your community you know and if you're feeling like you don't have that like it is out there mm-hmm. how can people get a hold of you or follow what you're doing and experience the magic yeah i'm definitely on social media (laughs) it has been a great way to connect with people honestly so i'm on instagram at the goddess aviva aviva is a v i v a i'm on twitter as at goddess aviva and my website is goddessaviva.com we'll put all the links down in the bio below thank you for coming on this thank you so much for having me I, I've certainly learned so much from you over the years and, and have gained confidence from afar, even, in my own life and, and stepping into my own individuality and uniqueness. What are, what are you most proud of that we've stepped into? I remember when I was first meeting you and, you know, you're kind of talking about the things that you do and you're like, but this passion project is really where it's at, 747 Club. and yeah. And just seeing how that has evolved and how you've used this passion to connect with so many people, to make an impact for so many people. So I just, you know, I appreciate when people just do you, like do what makes you happy, dress how you want to dress, live how you want to live. As long as you're doing things like consensually and you're not harming other people. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And like, You know, who cares? Like, we spend so much time 
thinking about what other people are thinking about us or how they're going to judge us. And I think that really just stems back to how you judge yourself. You know, the only time that it's really what other people think of you affects you is if you agree with them. And so, you know, for myself, I've had to confront my own stories about myself and my own judgments about myself, what I thought was coming from other people. But when you can face those stories on your own and, and come to self-acceptance on your own, what other people think about you doesn't matter. Folks, I, I hope you're listening. I mean, like, really listening. The playbook on life was just presented today. It's about being authentically you. It's about stepping through shame and overcoming the fears of your individuality. I'm no expert on it. But the folks we have on this podcast certainly are, and Goddess of Viva is, is one of them. So take what she's saying to heart. Go out and, and be authentically you. Develop a practice of gratitude. It may not be to a, a dominatrix or, or, a, or a dominant man or, or any submissive or what have you, but go out and practice a, 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 you know, gratitude to others. We can guarantee you you'll become better leaders, more fulfilled, happier, less lonely, and you'll live a longer, happier, more successful life. Guaranteed. Money back guarantee. So check out what Goddess Aviva's up to. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. This world needs to, to hear this original message. Subscribe on iTunes. You know what to do. Hope you all having a phenomenal day on Earth. Remember, folks, it's your world. Go explore, and we'll see you next episode. Oh,